Hi, it's Allie Schwagmeyer. Join me on Shooting the Breeze from 4 p.m. Talking about how excited I am coming to Sydney. Welcome to Shooting the Breeze and joining us today, it's Ali Schwagmeyer Belger, also known as Swags. Swags, welcome to the show and welcome to the Flames. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. No, no, our pleasure. So we've gone with Swags because we know that that's what Frog's been calling you. We're going to stick to that, eliminate any confusion. (laughs) So yeah, you're coming to Sydney. I'd like to sort of get into a little bit of background about you, you know, how you got into basketball, a little bit about your hometown Camp Point, because when we spoke the other day, came up with a couple of really interesting facts about your town. How did you get into basketball? Yeah, so I grew up with basketball around me. I am the youngest of five kids, um, so I've got four other siblings. All of them had played basketball before me, and so it was kind of just pretty much written in my script, I think. (laughs) If you kind of grew up in our family and didn't play basketball, it was just that just didn't happen, you know? <laughs> so so I can remember having a ball in my hand as young as three years old. I would always try to hang with my older siblings and uh, get beat up a few times on the court and try not to cry, try not to go running into mom saying that, you know, my, my brother and sisters, they beat me. But I just kind of got into it because all my siblings kind of did it. And my mom was actually my coach for the first, um, from first grade, I think, to fifth grade. So that made it fun too. So not only was basketball a sport that I was able to do, but it was also almost like a family event that we did all the time together. So that definitely made it fun and very interesting and competitive. (laughs) (laughs) But it must have gotten awfully competitive after a Christmas lunch then. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, we had a little dirt patch out in the backyard with um, one of those hoops that you can like put up and down. And then I think after my parents found out that it was a pretty serious sport for pretty much all of us, because two of my other sisters also played basketball in college as well. And so I think once they figured out it was going to be like a, a pretty serious thing for us, they actually laid us like a a piece of pavement, like a half court of concrete down and got us a proper hoop outside in the backyard. And so, yeah, every single day there were lots of one-on-ones, two-on-twos, and lots of fights probably. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it definitely made it for an, an interesting upbringing, but also a really fun one. It would have been great just sort of being able to just go out and, and shoot hoops whenever you wanted and get a quick game together. But one of the things that I found really interesting when we chatted the other day was your hometown, Camp Point, you really surprised me when you said there's no stoplights in town. <laughs> yeah. So Camp Point is an awesome town. Is probably population to about 1,300 people. So growing up, it's just this very small area. Like, like I said the other day, there's no stoplights. We have two gas stations and the Dollar General in town. So it was a pretty big deal when we got the Dollar General. So we were pretty, pretty excited about that one. Yeah, it definitely um, was an awesome atmosphere. Everybody knew everybody. And my high school consisted of, this is a pretty cool stat. So my husband went to St. Louis and they had like really big classes, you know, like, 
um, classes of like a thousand plus people just in their single class. But in my single high school from grade nine to grade 12, there was about 350 students. Wow. Yeah. So I graduated one of 57. (laughs) That actually really is an interesting stat. Yeah. I always say that um, I graduated in the top 10 of my class, but I don't tell people that there was only 57 people in my class. (laughs) (laughs) You must have found it a little bit different moving to Charleston Southern for the first part of your college experience then, having a much bigger student body and obviously being in a larger town. Absolutely. So geographically, just to give you a little bit of background information, Charleston Southern's in South Carolina, and I'm from Illinois. So it's about a 16-hour drive between the two distance, between the home and the first college that I went to. There, they had us come in and do um, like summer school right when we graduated high school. And really, it was just an excuse to get the whole team there so that we can um, like all start playing before school starts. <laughs> yeah, so I remember I graduated from high school and probably about three weeks later packed up and flew, yeah, 16 hours away from my small hometown into Charleston. And it was just an eye opener. And I missed everything, but I'm super glad I stuck it out. So the first year was so hard. Teammates were great, but it's just so hard being away from my family and just like my hometown. My family and I are super close. And I remember, I probably shouldn't say this, but I remember I had to call my mom my every single night of my freshman year of college. And she had to talk to me on the phone until I fell asleep. <laughs> It it was just, but I, I made it through and then it was the coolest thing because that next year, my sophomore year, when I went back, it was like a complete different turnaround. Like mom was like, man, I'm barely hearing from you, Allie. And yeah, it just really made me grow in ways that I really think I needed to. Yeah. It's, it's a big thing, particularly going from, you know, what is a small town to a much larger place. It's going to generate a, a lot of change in you. Yeah. That would have made your whole college experience quite interesting, particularly then when you move to Quincy, which isn't far from Camp Point, but is a much larger town as well. Yeah. So Quincy was pretty much like our, um, like you just, people from our town, that's where we go to shop and do everything. So Quincy's about 30 minutes away from Camp Point. It's, yeah, about 50,000 people. But yeah, that's got our Walmart. That's got, you know, all the McDonald's and Wendy's, all the places that I don't go to, you know. (laughs) But that's where everything is at. And so I kind of call that home as well, because it's so close to our hometown. And Grew up like playing in the leagues and stuff in Quincy. And so it was a really cool experience being able to come back home my last two years of college and play in front of like my family, but also in front of the same people that grew up watching me play all through, you know, junior high and high school. And looking back on it, it definitely was a blessing being able to do that. And I also met my husband there. So that's a plus. (laughs) Yeah, it's a big plus. Right. There you go. Then after college, you made a big jump and you went and played in Europe. Yeah. So I kind of always knew that I wanted to play basketball after college. For me, it was something that um, I was just super passionate about and I wanted to keep playing until I I suppose I couldn't play or yeah, I just wasn't good enough or something like that. You know what I mean? So I, after college finished, I had gotten an agent and then he had placed me my first year in Germany over in Europe. And so 
that's another reason why I'm super, super thankful for Charleston, because I think that the tra- if I wouldn't have went to Charleston for those first two years, I think the transition from playing like in America and having to go over to Europe would have been so much more difficult had I not left and went away for those couple years. How did you find the difference between the style of play that you were used to in the States and the style of play that they had in Europe? Yeah, so it's really interesting and it's quite cool. I, I think it's cool anyways, how each country has their own style of play. And some countries are closer to the American style and some countries are yeah, are not, you know. I think the biggest thing about Europe, and I think any American would say this about Europe, is the is the travel step. <laughs> so it's a really hard step to get used to. In Europe, you have to put the ball down. The ball has to hit the floor before your first foot hits the floor off your step. And in America, you can hit that first step. You can hit the floor with your foot and then um, put the ball on the floor. And they're very, very, like, adamant about that rule. And so I'm pretty sure I had, like, five turnovers my first game in Europe, and they were all traveling regulations. (laughs) So... So that wasn't fun, but I learned quickly. And I think the coaches over in Europe are kind of prepared for rookie players to come in and kind of do that the first couple of games because that is a, a a rule that's like probably the biggest one. It, it was in my time anyways. In Germany, it is, I will say, it was very physical. The physicality was on another level. So you had to go in and like just go in and try to finish if you were going in. Like don't rely on a foul call or anything. And you might get them sometimes, you know, but but it's a tough game over there. It's it's very physical in Europe. So but that's the cool thing is like from country to country, it's really cool because you get to see the differences and how the game is refed and the style of the game, if it's a slower game, if it's a quicker or faster game. And it's really cool being able to see that and just be able to adjust to those rules. Do you think that your experience in Germany, you found that the referees let the players play more rather than blow the whistle? Um, I think that they definitely let the players play a bit more. Obviously, if it was a blatant foul, they would call that. But it is it is definitely a more physical game. As to where America is like a more it's it's a faster game. And so sometimes foul calls get called more. I don't think there's any right or wrong way to play. It's just really cool that you get to adjust to both of those styles of play. And then this is one that kind of surprised me as well. You've gone from Europe, you've come to Australia, to Western Australia. Mm -hmm. How did you go from Germany to Western Australia? Yeah. So it was a really cool story. So I had no clue about playing in Australia at first because in my first few years, I played in Europe. So I played two seasons in Germany and then I went to Romania and then I played a little bit in Spain as well. In between my second German season and the little stint I played in Romania, I came to Western Australia. What I had told my agent at the time is I was real young. I was probably 23, and I just didn't want to stop playing basketball, (laughs) and I wanted to play year-round. And my agent was like, well, there's a league in the off season of the European season in Australia. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. I was like, I would love to be able to like play in that league so that I don't have to take any time off of basketball and I can just 
play year round. So I can play in the whatever league I'm playing in in Europe and then go straight to Australia and play in that league. And then when I'm done with that, go straight to Europe and play in that league. <laughs> and that's just kind of what I want to do at that, that time in my life. And so or when I told him that um, I had gotten a gig in the SBL in Western Australia, that's um, where there was an opening that wanted me. I'm super thankful that I got that opportunity because at that time and at that moment, I wasn't even thinking about settling there or getting my permanent residency. I was just, for me, I was just thinking like, oh yeah, cool. I get to play basketball year round, you know? Yeah. Um, but I'm super thankful I got that because God allowed me to have so much more than just being able to play basketball year round. You know what I mean? I got there and I love the culture and Australia is such a beautiful country and the people are beautiful and nice and kind. And I really just kind of like fell in love with it a bit and, and yeah, just super thankful for that. It must've been a big change going from you know the US and Europe to Western Australia. How did you find, and there's a lot of differences, how did you find navigating through all of those? <laughs> like you said, it, there was um, difficulties and stuff like that. But at the same time, like I got to live my dream out, which is to play basketball. Like my family's super supportive. I would say one of the hardest things about that would be having learned how to drive on the left side of the road. Um, and it was really funny because my first time over in WA, the club didn't have my car ready right away. So I had to drive my coach's car for the first week. My coach had this crazy sports car that was a manual. I was sitting on the right side of the car you know what I mean? And I was driving on the left side of the road, which is completely backwards to the first 23 years of my life. And not only did I have to do that, but I also had to drive a stick. <laughs> and, and like, I'm from the farm. So like, you kind of grow up driving a stick, you know, like you, you learn, but it's in an old truck, you know, on the farm. And so when I tell you, I probably only drove within, I don't know, five miles that whole week, that first week I had to use that little, st that stick shift car. It was the craziest experience ever. When I got the manual or the automatic, I was like, oh, I'm so thankful for this. And I could <laughs> actually focus on staying on the left side of the road. <laughs> and did any of your teammates introduce you to Vegemite in oh. your first stint here in Australia? Oh my goodness. Vegemite and Tam Tams. Oh Yeah. For sure. But you know, they scarred me though, because I, as I feel like a lot of times they had me take like a tablespoon of it and <laughs> I'm all for trying new things. So, you know, young, young swags, I'm like, oh yeah, let me try this. <laughs> it was awful. I've not tried it since. I'm not lying at all. <laughs> <laughs> not tried it since. Before we kind of move on to your time with the links it'd be great to sort of let the fans know a little bit about what it is that you do when you're not on the court yeah so I love watching Netflix <laughs> my husband and I will always try to get a show that we um, get to sit down and watch at the end of the day together I'm a bit of a movie head I love watching movies and it's been hard for me because I love going to the theaters and with COVID we haven't been able to do that so I have not been in the theaters for like 
seven to eight months, which is so hard for me. Like there's times when during season I will, well, most of the time I'll just get up and go to the movie theater by myself and go watch a movie <laughs> and it'll be myself. And I actually did that last season with um, A Star is Born. Not a good idea to see that by yourself, by the way, for the first time. (laughs) I was in the movie theater, like sobbing by myself. But yeah, I think that that's one thing that I love doing the most is probably just um, sitting back and relaxing and just watching a movie or Netflix. I love when I'm at home, like when I'm back in the States, I love being able to just be around my nieces and my family and my sisters and brother and I love, I love going to church. That's one thing about, I just, I really love it. I'm really excited about being in Sydney because I want to check out the the big Hillsong church. You know, we see that on TV over here. And if we ever get to be able to congregate like that ever again, it would be cool to just, just experience that while I'm there. So, yeah. Yeah. There's an awful lot of things that we can't, you know, congregate in huge numbers. It's just one of those things that we're all having to navigate at the moment. Yeah. One of the things I did find that you just said that was really interesting was you like a lot of movies. One of the questions that we ask people sometimes is, what movie character do you most associate with? Oh, man. (laughs) Okay, this is going to show my immaturity, I feel like. (laughs) But do you, I don't know if you've ever seen, and this is just off the top of my head, so... If I had like time to think about it, my answer might be different in like a couple of days if I really thought about it. But one that really came to mind, and I don't know if it's because I was watching it with my seven-year-old niece today or not, but um, <laughs> off of Disney Channel, there's a show called Jessie. And Jessie is the main character on the show, and she's like, she's a nanny yes. for a group of kids in New York City. And yep. I would say that I can be like her a bit. And so that would be a bit like all over the place and trying to be adventurous and have fun and all that stuff while still trying to be responsible, but getting myself into silly situations sometimes that you're like, if you heard stories, you'd be like, how, like, how did that happen? <laughs> no, I, no that I actually, happen. I know Jesse, my, my kids watch it or have watched it. So oh, good. yeah. Good. <laughs> At least, at least you can be like, oh, I have kids, and that's why I know it. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't have kids, and so. <laughs> well, you've got a niece, so, yeah. you know, that's, that's. But I'm actually the one who introduced her to the show, so. <laughs> <laughs> but I probably should have kept that to myself. Yeah. <laughs> I want to kind of move on to something else that, you know, people may not know about you. What was it that you studied in college? Uh, yeah, so my degree is in exercise science. So pretty much it's, you can do a multiple, like a handful of things with it. So um, what people usually do with it, if you go the very like platform way with it, is they get your, ma- your master's in exercise physiology usually. And you can be like a strength and conditioning coach. You can be a trainer. Um, it's something that like I am super passionate about. I love working out and I love being in the weight room. I've always found it really intriguing that you can kind of train your body to be what you want it to be. You know, like there's so many things in this world that like you can't control. And I've always found that it's like a super intriguing thing. Like that's one thing that you kind of can control if you have the right knowledge and experience on how to do that, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Again, sort of sort of related to the whole college thing, you met your husband, Courtney, as you said, at 
Quincy. Mm. He's a professional basketball player as well. It must be difficult with schedules for the amount of time that you guys spend together. Yeah, it, it is. Um, it is a bit of a difficulty there. I think with so many things in life, there's pros and cons to everything. So a big pro would be that like we understand each other very well because, you know, we kind of want the same things in life and stuff like that. And we've kind of experienced the same things as well. And so we have that understanding and it's awesome. Like we can go to the gym and work out together, do that as our job together. And that's just like when when we're together. (laughs) And so that's like a really great feeling. But like you said, it's a bit difficult. Um, And it has been these last seven years. So ever since we graduated, um, which was in 2012, goodness, we've been playing overseas. And for the last seven years that we've been doing that, probably seeing each other uh, on an average of three months out of the 12 months of the year. Wow. Yeah. And so that's become a bit difficult. And when we were younger, it was it was easier, you know, because we're like, whoa, ball is life, living our dream, like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but then, like, the older that you get, the more you, I don't know, like, it's just things change a bit and you just want that support system with you and you miss them. You're getting older and stuff. And so that becomes more of a priority is just being with that significant other that you love, you know? And so that's why this year, like super grateful that Courtney, well, first off, this is the longest time. So because of COVID Courtney and I have been together for the last seven months straight And that's the longest time since college. So since 2012 that we have been together at one time, even in a whole year. So this last seven months have been awesome. And it's even going to get better because now we get to come to Sydney and Courtney gets to come with me. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. And so we're really looking forward to that. It's a really, it's going to be a really exciting time for us, I think. I mean, obviously you've been to Sydney with the Lynx. What are your impressions of Sydney and what are the things that you'd like to see in Sydney? Sydney is so awesome. Um, it was the funniest thing because two years ago, which would have been my first time over there with the Lynx, it was so funny because I was acting like such a tourist. And you can even go on my Instagram <laughs> and you can see it. Like I had my teammates like after the game, I had my teammates like come with me, a couple of my teammates come with me. I'm like, no, I want a picture in front of the bridge. I want a picture in front of the opera house. Like, and so it's still on my Instagram. Like I was like, um, took pictures of the opera house. And I'm like, I know that I'm being such a tourist right now. But like when you're in America growing up, like that's what, you kind of see as Sydney is like the opera house and the bridge and stuff like that, you know? And so it was just, it's always kind of like a cool feeling when you're in those spaces that you've seen like growing up on TV or in books or something like that. And you're like actually there in front of it. So that's like a really, really cool experience to have had. But even apart from that, uh, last season, my teammate and I got up early after we had played you guys. We got up early before breakfast and we hiked. I have no clue what it's called, but everybody would know what it's called in Australia. (laughs) But we hiked. So we went around the harbor and then from the harbor, it goes like up and you hike up there and you can kind of like overlook the harbor from the top of that point. And I forgot what it's called, but we hiked that and it just looking down on the harbor and everything, it was just so beautiful from up top there. And 
So I think that, um, like apart from like all of the, like all of the things that I had just talked about, like the bridge and opera house, like I'm really excited to be able to like kind of be a local in Sydney and not like a tourist, you know, and yeah. kind of find those hidden gems and stuff like that. So I'm really excited about that. Cool. Yeah. yeah. There, look, there is a lot, there's a lot to see in Sydney and because it's spread out so much, there's so many different places to explore and to find. You'd have no shortage of things to see. I, I can guarantee you that. Yeah. Moving back a little bit to basketball, how did you find your time with the Lynx and the WNBL compared with, you know, Europe for argument's sake? Yeah. So like I said, each league and like is a little bit different and obviously each country is different and I have enjoyed the WNBL tremendously. This will be my third my third season in it and I've loved every moment of it and so I'm really excited to be returning again to the WNBL to be able to start a new adventure with Sydney. The WBL is like a super professional league. I think it's awesome. The strides that the WBL is taking in boosting and raising up women's sport. And I think that they're doing a really good job. And I think they're taking really great steps towards that. I know that they've already like made great strides since my first year, two years ago, as opposed to this year, you know, to see that and just a matter of what two two and a half, three years is, is really cool. And especially for women in sport. Cause I think it's something that we really need to like, try to lift up. Cause um, I mean, it's a high level that we play at, you know, I know each and every one of us put a lot of work, attention to detail and sweat and probably even tears <laughs> into the <laughs> profession, you know? And so I think the WBL, since I've been in it, at least has done a really good job in trying to raise the profile of women and women in sports. And, and yeah. You mentioned earlier that you applied for your permanent residency. What was the trigger for that? Because it is a a significant step. Yeah. So like I said, I had been in Australia. Oh my gosh. I think going back, I think it may have been like two years at the time. And it was just like a bit different than all the other countries I or places I had played in, you know. Perth kind of felt like home away from home at the time, you know. And those first two years, I had spent a significant amount of time in Perth as opposed to the States. And so I think that in those first two years, maybe I went home for, uh, I don't know, four weeks in each year, you know. And other than that, like I had just been in Perth and I was like, you know, this is crazy. Like, I never felt like I would ever feel this way in another country. It's kind of like when you, every time I um, like played basketball in Europe or something, it was like, okay, I'm here to do a job. And like, I'm when I get it done, I finally get to go home. (laughs) Like, okay, when am I going to be able to leave? Whenever the season's over, I'm going to do my job and hopefully do it good, do it great, do it excellent, and then get home. You know what I'm saying? To go see my family. And When I was in Perth, which that's just because that's where I had been that those two years. But when I was in Perth, it wasn't like that. I didn't have that mindset. It was like after season, it was kind of like, oh man, like I got to leave. I had made so many awesome relationships that I almost had like a secondary support system in Perth, you know, apart from America and where I'm at in the States. And so it was just like a completely different vibe and a completely different feeling as to when 
the season was over and my visa was almost ran out and I would stay until the very last moment <laughs> until yeah. my, my um, sports visa ran out, you know, and then I'd be like, man, I got to go home and then wait a few more months until the season starts again and get back on a visa. You know, I guess I just didn't like really want to have to go through that all the time. And so I started looking into avenues of being a permanent resident and being um, classified as a local and stuff like that. And that, you know, that helped me get into the WNBL as well from the state league. And thankfully we were able to find an avenue and a route and it's been great ever since. Fantastic. Yeah. And now you're moving across to Sydney. What drove that decision for you? Yeah, I think there was a number of different, a number of different reasons. I think that it would just be like a cool experience to be able to see different parts, but not just like see different parts. There's a difference between like, because like you said, we travel to Sydney and play and stuff like that. And that's how you see different parts. But just to be like in a different part is different. And I don't know if that makes sense. It does. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think, so that's one reason behind it. And then I think also I was just ready for, yeah, just like a new adventure to see what we can accomplish in Sydney. When I was talking to Froggy during the recruiting process, I really liked how she talked about she wanted to like create a culture in Sydney. That like really intrigued me because at the end of the day, like we're more than basketball players, you know, and yeah, and, at, and at the end of the day, if all I can say is that I'm a basketball player, then I won't be like completely satisfied with that. I'm really excited about how she phrased how she wanted to build a culture in Sydney um, through the women's basketball program and use uh like my experience and stuff as as mentorship for younger people coming up and to show that work ethic and so that was super intriguing for me and I I really liked that it's really there's a difference in the role that you're looking to play with the team compared to Perth yeah yeah so the role is a bit different I really do want to come in and I want to be able to help lead the team as much as I can and just use my experience and my veteranship. <laughs> I don't think that's a word. Uh, it is now. Okay, there we go. We'll, we'll classify it as a word and use that. And yeah, just try to use, I guess, my experience and my, my work ethic and all that stuff to help lead the team to go as far as we can, like on the court, but also to be able to work that way off the court as well. I think it's going to be a really exciting season because culture change within a team is always a big thing and it, it can be hard sometimes too. Yeah, I mean I think I think change in general is hard, you know. And so anything that requires change is always going to be hard because you're not used to it, right? But at the same time, I think we grow the most when we're uncomfortable. If we always just put ourselves in the most comfortable situation or if we're never trying to progress or change and, you know, to progress, sometimes you have to have change. And I think that that's when like you do grow a lot. And I've, I've experienced that in my personal life is usually when I'm like the most uncomfortable is when, when I do progress in life in certain areas and goals, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Swags, you're uh, in the process of getting ready to head over to Australia. 
fairly soon. So we'll let you get back to getting yourself all ready for the trip. <laughs> yeah. Looking forward to seeing you when you get to Sydney. And thanks very much for your time. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. I'm really so stoked that we've got a flight set and everything. It's been a long time coming. So I'm excited to touch down and yeah, ready to get to work. Great. Thanks for your time, Swags. Yep. Thank you, Paul.